Section forty nine of the Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume nine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by phone. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume nine, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Night nine hundred and eighty three when it was the nine hundred and eighty-third night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the princess daughter to the king of the stone city thus continued verily o abdullah my father had monies and hoards such as i never saw and of which ear never heard he used to debel kings and do to death champions and braves in battle and in the field of fight so that the conquerors feared him and the Khosrans humbled themselves to him for all this he was a miscreant in creed ascribing to allah partnership and adoring idols instead of the lord of worship and all his troops were of images fain in lieu of the all-knowing sovereign one day of the days as he sat on the throne of his kingship compassed about with the grandees of his realm suddenly there came in to him a personage whose face illumined the whole divan with its light my father looked at him and saw him clad in a garb of green tall of stature and with hands that reached beneath his knees he was of reverend aspect and awesome and the light shone from his face said he to my sire o rebel o idolater how long wilt thou take pride in worshipping idols and abandoning the service of the all-knowing king say i testify that there is no god but the god and that mohammed is his servant and his messenger and embrace all islam thou and thy tribe and put away from you the worship of idols for they neither suffice man's need nor intercede none is worshipful save allah alone who raised up the heavens without columns and spread out the earths like carpets in mercy to his creatures quoth my father who art thou o man who rejectest the worship of idols that thou sayest thus fearest thou not that the idols will be wroth with thee he replied the idols are stones their anger cannot prejudice me nor their favour profit me so do thou set in my presence thine idol which thou adorest and bid all thy folk bring each his image and when they are all present do ye pray them to be wroth with me and i will pray my lord to be wroth with them and ye shall descry the difference between the anger of the creature and that of the creator for your idols ye fashioned them yourselves and the satans clad themselves therewith as with clothing and they it is who spake to you from within the bellies of the images for your idols are made and the maker is my god to whom naught is impossible and the true appear to you do ye follow it and if the false appear to you do ye leave it cried they give us proof of thy god that we may see it and quoth he give me proof of your gods so the king bade every one who worshipped his lord in image form to bring it and all the armies brought their idols to the divan thus fared it with them but as for me i was sitting behind a curtain whence i could look upon my father's divan and i had an idol of emerald whose bigness was as the bigness of a son of adam my father demanded it so i sent it to the divan where they set it down beside that of my sire which was of jacinth 
whilst the wazir's idol was of diamond as for those of the grandees and notables some were of balas ruby and some of carnelian others of coral or comorin aloes wood and yet others of ebony or silver or gold and each had his own idol after the measure of his competence whilst the idols of the common soldiers and of the people were some of granite some of wood some of pottery and some of mud and all were various hues yellows and red green black and white then said the personage to my sire pray your idol and these idols to be wroth with me so they aligned the idols in a divan setting my father's idol on a chair of gold at the upper end with mine by its side and ranking the others each according to the condition of him who owned it and worshipped it then my father arose and prostrating himself to his own idol said to it o my god thou art a bountiful lord nor is there any among the idols a greater than thyself thou knowest that this person cometh to me attacking thy divinity and making mock of thee yea he avoucheth that he hath a god stronger than thou and ordereth us leave adorning thee and adore his god so be thou wrath with him o my god and he went on to supplicate the idol but the idol returned him no reply neither bespoke him with aught of speech whereupon quoth he o my god this is not of thy wont for thou used to answer me when i addressed thee how cometh it that i see thee silent and speaking not art thou unheeding or asleep awake succour me and speak to me and he shook it with his hand but it spake not neither stirred from its stead thereupon quoth the personage what aileth thine idol that it speaketh not and quoth the king methinks he is absent-minded or asleep exclaimed the other o enemy of allah how canst thou worship a god that speaketh not nor availeth unto aught and not worship my god who to prayers deigns assent and who is ever present and never absent neither unheeding nor sleeping whom conjecture may not wean who seeth and is not seen and who over all things terrene is omnipotent thy god is powerless and cannot guard itself from harm and indeed a stone satan had clothed himself therewith as with a coat that he might debauch thee and delude thee but now hath its devil departed so do thou worship allah and testify that there is no god but he and that none is worshipful nor worship worth but himself neither is there any good but his good as for this thy god it cannot ward off hurt from it so how shall it ward off harm from thee see with thine own eyes its impotence so saying he went up to the idol and dealt it a cuff on the neck that it fell to the ground whereupon the king waxed wroth and cried to the bystanders this forward atheist hath smitten my god slay him so they would have arisen to smite him but none of them could stir from his place then he propounded to them all islam but they refused to become muslims and he said i will show you the wrath of my lord quoth they let us see it so he spread out his hands and said o my god and my lord thou art my stay and my hope answer thou my prayer against these lewd folk who eat of thy good and worship other gods o thou the truth o thou of all might 
o creator of day and night i beseech thee to turn these people into stones for thou art the puissant nor is aught impossible to thee and thou over all things are omnipotent and allah transformed the people of this city into stones but as for me when i saw the manifest proof of his deity i submitted myself to him and was saved from that which befell the rest then the personage drew near me and said felicity was foreordained of allah to thee and in this a purpose had he and he went on to instruct me and i took unto him the oath and covenant i was then seven years of age and am now thirty years old then i said to him o oh my lord all that is in the city and all its citizens are become stones by thine effectual prayer and i am saved for that i embraced all islam at thy hands wherefore thou art become my sheikh so do thou tell me thy name and succour me with thy security and provide me with provision whereon i may subsist quoth he my name is abu al abbas al kizr and he planted me a pomegranate tree which forthright grew up and foliaged flowered and fruited and bare one pomegranate whereupon quoth he eat of that wherewith allah the almighty provided thee and worship him with the worship which is his due then he taught me the tenets of al islam and the canons of prayer and the way of worship together with the recital of the koran and i have now worshipped allah in this place three and twenty years each day the tree yieldeth me a pomegranate which i eat and it sustaineth me from tide to tide and every friday al kizir on whom be peace cometh to me and tis he who acquainted me with thy name and gave me the glad tidings of thy soon coming hither saying to me when he shall come to thee and treat him with honour and obey his bidding and gainsay him not but be thou to him wife and he shall be to thee man and wend with him whither so he will so when i saw thee i knew thee and such is the story of this city and of all its people and the peace then she showed me the pomegranate tree whereon was one granado which she took and eating one half thereof herself gave me the other to eat and never did i taste aught sweeter or more savoury or more satisfying than that pomegranate after this i said to her art thou content even as the shaykh al khazir charged thee to be my wife and take me to mate and art thou ready to go with me to my own country and abide with me in the city of bassorah she replied yes inshallah and it please almighty allah i hearken to thy word and obey thy hest without gainsaying then i made a binding covenant with her and she carried me into her father's treasury whence we took what we could carry and going forth that city walked on till we came to my brothers whom i found searching for me they asked where hast thou been indeed thou hast tarried long from us and our hearts were troubled for thee and the captain of the ship said to me o merchant abdullah the wind hath been fair for us this great while and thou hast hindered us from setting sail and i answered there is no harm in that oft time slow is sure and my absence hath wrought us naught but advantage for indeed there hath betided me therein the attainment of our hopes and god gifted is he who said i weet not 
when asked to a land I fare, in quest of good, what I shall there obtain, or gain I fare with sole desire to seek, or loss that seeketh me when I seek gain. Then said I to them, See what had fallen to me in this mine absence, and displayed to them all that was with me of treasures, and told them what I had beheld in the city of stone, adding, Had ye hearkened to me, and gone with me, ye had gotten of these things great gain. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of night 983 Night 984 when it was the nine hundred and eighty-fourth night, she continued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Abdullah bin Fasil said to his shipmates and to his two brothers, Had ye gone with me, ye had gotten of these things great gain. But they said, By Allah, had we gone, we had not dared to go in to the king of the city. Then I said to my brothers, No harm shall befall you for that which i have will suffice us all and this is our lot so i divided my booty into four parts according to our number and gave one to each of my brothers and to the captain taking the fourth for myself setting aside somewhat for the servants and sailors who rejoiced and blessed me and all were content with what i gave them save my brothers who changed countenance and rolled their eyes I perceived that lust of lucre had gotten hold of them both, so I said to them, O oh, my brothers, methinketh what I have given you doth not satisfy you, but we are brothers, and there is no difference between us. My good and yours are one and the same thing, and if I die, none will inherit of me but you. And I went on to soothe them. Then I bore the princess on board the galleon, and lodged her in the cabin, where I sent her somewhat to eat, and we sat talking, I and my brothers. Said they, O oh, our brother, what wilt thou do with that damsel of surpassing beauty? And I replied, I mean to contract marriage with her, as soon as I reach Bassorah and make a splendid wedding, and go into her there. Exclaimed one of them, O oh, my brother, verily, this young lady excelleth in beauty and loveliness, and the love of her is fallen on my heart, wherefore i desire that thou give her to me and i will espouse her and the other cried i too desire this give her to me that i may espouse her o my brothers answered i indeed she took of me an oath and a covenant that i would marry her myself so if i give her to one of you i shall be false to my oath and to the covenant between me and her and haply she will be broken-hearted for she came not with me but on condition that i marry her so how can i wed her to other than myself as for your both loving her i love her more than you twain for she is my treasure trove and as for my giving her to one of you that is a thing which may not be but if we reach bassorah in safety i will look you out two girls of the best of the damsels of bassorah and demand them for you in marriage and pay the dower of my own monies and make one wedding and we will all three go into our brides on the same night but leave ye this damsel for she is of my portion they held their peace and i thought they were content with that which i had said then we fared onwards for bassorah and every day i sent her meat and drink but she came not forth of the cabin whilst they slept between my brothers on deck 
we sailed thus forty days till we sighted bassorah city and rejoiced that we were come near it now i trusted in my brothers and was at my ease with them for none knoweth the hidden future save allah the most high so i lay down to sleep that night but as i abode drowned in slumber i suddenly found myself caught up by these my brothers one seizing me by the legs and the other by the arms for they had taken counsel together to drown me in the sea for the sake of the damsel when i saw myself in their hands i said to them o oh, my brothers why do ye this with me and they replied ill-bred that thou art wilt thou barter our affection for a girl we will cast thee into the sea because of this so saying they threw me overboard here abdullah turned to the dogs and said to them is this that i have said true o my brothers or not and they bowed their heads and fell a whining as if confirming his speech whereat the caliph wondered then abdullah resumed o commander of the faithful when they threw me into the sea i sank to the bottom but the water bore me up again to the surface and before i could think behold a great bird the bigness of a man swooped down upon me and snatching me up flew up with me into upper air i fainted and when i opened my eyes i found myself in a strong pillared place a high builded palace adorned with magnificent paintings and pendants of gems of all shapes and hues therein were damsels standing with their hands crossed over their breasts and behold in their midst was a lady seated on a throne of red gold set with pearls and gems and clad in apparel whereon no mortal might open his eyes for the lustre of the jewels wherewith they were decked about her waist she wore a girdle of jewels no money could pay their worth and on her head a threefold tiara dazing thought and wit and dazzling heart and sight then the bird which had carried me thither shook and became a young lady bright as sun-raying light i fixed my eyes on her and behold it was she whom i had seen in snake form on the mountain and had rescued from the dragon which had bound his tail around her then said to her the lady who sat upon the throne why hast thou brought hither this mortal and she replied o oh, my mother this is he who was the means of failing my honour among the maidens of the jinn then quoth she to me knowest thou who i am and quoth i no said she i am she who was on such a mountain where the black dragon strave with me and would have forced my honour but thou slewest him and i said i saw but a white snake with the dragon she rejoined tis i who was the white snake but i am the daughter of the red king sovereign of the jan and my name is saida she who sitteth there is my mother and her name is mubarka wife of the red king the black dragon who attacked me and would have done away my honour was wazir to the black king darfal by name and he was foul of favour it chanced that he saw me and fell in love with me so he sought me in marriage of my sire who sent to him to say who art thou o scum of wazirs that thou shouldst wed with king's daughters whereupon he was wroth and sware an oath that he would assuredly do away my honour despite my father then he fell to tracking my steps and following me whithersoever i went designing to ravish me wherefore there befell between him and my parent mighty fierce wars and bloody jars 
but my sire could not prevail against him for that he was fierce as fraudful and as often as my father pressed hard upon him and seemed like to conquer he would not escape from him till my sire was at his wit's end every day i was forced to take new form and hue for as often as i assumed a shape he would assume its contrary and to whatsoever land i fled he would snuff my fragrance and follow me thither so that i suffered sore affliction of him at last i took the form of a snake and betook myself to the mountain where thou sawest me whereupon he changed himself to a dragon and pursued me till i fell into his hands when he strove with me and i struggled with him till he wearied me and mounted me meaning to have his lustful will of me but thou camest and smotest him with the stone and slewest him then i returned to my own shape and showed myself to thee saying i am indebted to thee for a service such as is not lost save with the son of adultery so when i saw thy brothers do with thee this treachery and throw thee into the sea i hastened to thee and saved thee from destruction and now honour is due to thee for my mother and father then she said to the queen o my mother do thou honour him as deserveth he who saved my virtue so the queen said to me welcome o mortal indeed thou hast done us a kindly deed which meriteth honour presently she ordered me a treasure suit worth a mint of money and store of gems and precious stones and said take him and carry him in to the king accordingly they carried me into the king in his divan where i found him seated on his throne with his merits and guards before him and when i saw him my sight was blent for that which was upon him of jewels but when he saw me he rose to his feet and all his officers rose also to do him worship then he saluted me and welcomed me and entreated me with the utmost honour and gave me of that which was with him of good things after which he said to some of his followers take him and carry him back to my daughter that she may restore him to the place whence she brought him so they carried me back to the lady saida who took me up and flew away with me and my treasures on this wise fared it with me and the princess but as regards the captain of the galleon he was aroused by the splash of my fall when my brothers cast me into the sea and said what is that which hath fallen overboard whereupon my brothers fell to weeping and beating of breasts and replied alas for our brother's loss he thought to do his need over the ship's side and fell into the water then they laid their hands on my good but there befell dispute between them because of the damsel each saying none shall have her but i and they abode jangling and wrangling each with other and remembered not their brother nor his drowning and their mourning for him ceased as they were thus behold saida alighted with me in the midst of the galleon and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say end of night nine hundred and eighty four